0: Amen, amen. So we're beginning in Matthew 16, and we're going to start with verse number one, but we're talking about discernment today. One of the things that we see in the world today is a lack of discernment in the body of Christ. You can't really say there's a lack of discernment in the worldly folk because that's just... The way it is, but the sad reality is is that many people that belong to Christ are in the same boat, not able to discern right from left, good from God, not able to discern holy from unholy, profane from sanctified, And, and that lack of discernment is eating away at the power of the church. And so, when we're talking about discernment, one of the things that I want you to see is that God provides, whenever he asks or gives us these things, he provides a means for you to access them. You cannot naturally discern the things of God. The things of God must be discerned by the Spirit of God. So, as we go through this uh, this morning, one of the things I want to remind you of is that we are in a season... In the world today we're in a season in our country we're in a season in a lot of our lives we need to hear from God we need a word from God in this hour one of the things I love about you know spirit-filled church is that we can pray and we get a word from the Lord we don't have to we don't have to just have a dried-out you know read a couple of things and go home and pat each other on the back but you can get a fresh word from God when you have a connection to God When you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you are one breath away from having an anointed word from God. And sometimes the problem is in our lives that we have, we have worldly headphones on. We've have, we have too much of the world blasting in our ears. We have too much of CNN or too much of MTV blasting in our ears. We are not able to hear the voice of the shepherd when the shepherd is warning or guiding us. And We say sometimes, well, you know, I'm all right. I don't need, I don't need a word from the Lord. I'm all right because McDonald's is open. Now I, I can go to McDonald's and get, a, and get something to eat. Well, what happens, if, what happens if there's no more money? What happens then? What happens if McDonald's is shut down? What happens if, you get, if you're not able to drive? What happens if something happens? See, we don't think about these things. But the Lord is calling us to a place where we're placing more attention on listening to his voice and discerning his spirit. And it takes... <coughs> It takes, a, it takes the Lord's hand to be able to do this. You cannot understand the things of the Spirit if you don't belong to the Spirit. If you're not anointed by the Spirit, you can't understand the Spirit. It's like trying to speak Greek or Latin to somebody that don't know it. And the things of the Spirit can only be discerned through the Spirit. You don't discern them through your book. You don't discern them through, you know, your interpretation of of theology. You can only interpret those things by the spirit of God. And so I'll show you this um, beginning in verse number one. Just to to tell you, though, as we go through this, how important discernment is. Because without discernment, you have no idea. Who's talking to you? There's more spirits in the world than the Lord's. There are such things as unholy spirits. So whenever somebody says, ooh, I felt the spirit today, I sometimes say, which spirit did you feel? And if they say, what do you mean? That's when you know there's a problem. Because they don't even acknowledge the fact that it could be a lying devil spirit leading them down a path of destruction. And unless somebody is born again and walking with the Lord and telling the Lord, Lord, have your way and able to distinguish, they're going to be led astray. You ever seen somebody have a problem and you know they got a problem, but they won't acknowledge it? They won't acknowledge the problem that they have? They're too hard-hearted to acknowledge that they have a problem, but they just continue going straight ahead. That's a lot of the church world today. We won't acknowledge the fact that we don't take time to listen to the voice of God. We won't acknowledge the fact that we don't take time to be sensitive to what the Spirit is saying in the hour that we're in. And then we get led astray. Then we wonder why we got washed up on the beach. We wonder why the enemy ran roughshod over our lives. We're supposed to have the authority. We're supposed to have dominion over the, the prince of the power of the air. The problem is when we're not listening to the guiding voice of the shepherd. We'll get entrapped and we, we will become uh, fodder for the enemy. So let's, let's start here. In, in Matthew 16, beginning in verse number one, it says, the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came, tempting him, desire, tempting, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. Now, you know, before we go further, it's always the religious folks that don't have a walk with God that's looking for signs. Sign, let me tell you, signs and wonders are supposed to follow you. When you operate in the power of God, under the anointing of God, and you're doing what the shepherd wants you to do, there will be results behind you, just like a, a boat that goes on the water, on the, that you got the wake behind you. When, when you're operating in the power and the anointing of God, there will be a spiritual wake behind you. There will be signs and wonders that are behind you. You'll, you will have laid hands on the sick, and they will have recovered. You will have, you will have done those signs and wonders. That's part of New Testament reality. But we don't follow those signs and wonders. There's a segment of the church world today that follows signs and wonders. And it leads people into a ditch. It leads people astray. It shows that there's a lack of connection and a lack of resting in Christ. That Christ is not enough. You have to follow after signs and wonders. It shows a problem in your walk with God. You, you shouldn't require a sign. You have enough in Jesus. He, In fact, not only do you have enough, but he's more than enough. If Jesus isn't more than enough for you, please explain to us how Jesus is not enough. Because if your interpretation is, well, that's just something on paper, then you don't know the reality of the relationship of the living Savior in your heart. You don't know the reality of, of Christ in me is the hope of glory. You don't know the reality of the living Savior inside your soul. And that's what these Pharisees, they, they, they said, "Show us a sign. Show us a sign. And, and, and I just want to implore you before we begin in this message to remember that. It's a, when, when you need a sign, it's a sign. When you walk around saying, well, I need a sign, that's a sign that you're not where you need to be. I need a sign. Amen. No, I need Jesus. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the relationship. I need the reality. I need the impartation that comes from God. I don't need to see, you know, the, the clock turn back an hour when I've got the Holy Spirit in me. So, verse 2, it says, After they asked for this sign from heaven, he answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say it'll be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, you hypocrites. You can discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the signs of the times? A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, And there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. Now, he didn't give them what they wanted, but he gave them what they needed. Sometimes you go, I didn't get what I wanted at church today, but you got what the Lord wanted you to get. And so Jesus here, he said, he he, he gave them what they needed, not what they wanted. They wanted a sign, but they got a word of rebuke. He said, you can look at the sky and you can tell whether it's going to be good weather or bad weather. You know what? They didn't have the weather channel back then. They didn't have the KSLA app on their phone. They didn't have any of that stuff. You know what they had? They looked up at the sky, and they interpreted the events. They could tell. They could tell. They could separate between what's going to happen and what had happened and what might happen. They could just look at the color of the sky, which way the wind was blowing, and they could tell what was going to happen. Why? Because they were paying attention to it. They were, you know what, if your livelihood depended on the weather, you might pay attention to the weather. Some of us, we're going to drive in our car whether it's raining or not. Amen. But if it's, if it's weather's one way or another, you might not be able to plant crops. So when your livelihood depends on the weather, you're going to pay attention to it. And Jesus, he rebukes them. It's not necessarily because they could tell the weather. It's because that's all they could tell. You know what? You know how that correlates to us. Some of us, you could tell how many uh, seats the the Congress has in California, how many seats got overturned in the last election. You can tell what your sports team is. You can tell what the stock market's up or down. You can tell about this and you can tell about that. You can tell who got booted off some show, some reality show on ABC that you don't even need to be watching. You can be you can tell about what the latest movies coming out next month, next year, in three years. There's a new movie coming out in three years. You can tell all this kind of stuff, but you can't tell what's going on in the spirit. You can't tell what's going on in the spirit. And so I want to encourage you that it's more important to understand what the spirit is speaking than what the world is speaking. I don't know if you've heard it that way before, but it is more important for us to hear what Jesus is telling us than what the world is telling us. And he was rebuking them because they could interpret what the sky was telling them. The sky is telling me it's going to be a good day. The sky is telling me it's going to be a bad day. But they couldn't interpret what Jesus was telling them. Every time Jesus talked to them, it was going in one ear and out the other. Have you ever talked to your kids before and, and you know they was bored and they wasn't getting it? How many of you know what that's like? If you've ever looked at a child's eyes and you're talking to them and their eyes glaze over, you know that they're not hearing you. You know they're not paying attention. You know you're wasting your breath. And that is exactly the way the Lord, he said, you want a sign? I've been telling you all this stuff. We're all the way to Matthew 16. He's like, I've been telling you this stuff for all these chapters, all this time. I've been, he's already preached the Sermon on the Mount. He's already been rejected. He's already been, you know, they already tried to kill him. He's already spent all these words, and they still don't get it. And he said, the problem is you are listening to what the world is saying and not what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And this goes into discernment because he said that you can discern these things but you can't discern the signs of the times now there's two different ways there's two different main things that I want you to get out of this message this morning number one the importance of discernment and number two that there is it is important to understand the time that we live in these are two of the most critical things that we can do in this hour The closer we get to the end of days, the the more that the spirit of Antichrist is going to be at work. John the Apostle said that the spirit of Antichrist was already at work. He was already going out. He was already deceiving folks, even back then, how much more now? And so as we look at the way that the world is, we need to acknowledge the fact that discernment is one of the things that is most critical, but is least taught. Is least understood and is least valued. Most people want to know how they can get a new car. Most people want to know how they can get a spouse, how they can do this, how they can, you know, grow something, how they can build something. But one of the most important things we can get is to understand how to hear what the Lord is speaking. And it's not taught, it's caught by the Spirit. You have to be willing to listen. You first off have to have the spirit of God. Then you have to wait on God. You have to be willing to listen to God. You have to be willing to wait and, and let other people move about, let other people do what they got to do. But I'm not moving until I hear something from God. You have to be willing to be that firm on your weight. Some people can't. Some people get anxious when everybody else is about moving and doing and, you know, when you see other people doing things, but the Lord hasn't spoken to you, that's a, that's a test because some, some of us, we live in comparative view. We compare our lives against other people's lives. you know, well, they're doing this, they're serving in that ministry and I'm not serving yet. Well, I'm going to sign up for it, even though the Lord hasn't spoken to us. Well, I want to look like I got it all together, so I'm going to go and do this, and I'm going to go and do that because they're doing this, and they're doing that when the Lord hasn't spoken to us. This is why we can get ourselves in a bad situation. We can get ourselves in a bad situation because, number one, we're not willing to wait. Number two, we're not paying attention to the Lord's voice because God may have a better plan for your life, and it may go a different direction than you think. Now, let me tell you an uh, important thing about discernment is a quote from uh, Reverend Stewart. Uh, he said, When you have no discernment, listen to this. When you have no discernment, you'll rebuke the storms that God sends to better you. And you'll embrace the opportunities that Satan sends to destroy you. A, a person that has no discernment, they'll rebuke the things that God brings and they'll embrace the things that the devil brings. Think about this. Think about this. Think about Joseph's life. I I love talking about Joseph. Think about Joseph's life. When, When Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, he could have rebuked that, but that was a storm that the Lord allowed so that he could save his family when the drought came. When he was being sold into slavery, he had no idea years down the road there was going to be a drought and his, oh, his whole family would have died. If he wouldn't have been willing to follow the Lord, he would have rebuked the avenue of deliverance that God brought through his being sold into slavery. Most of us today don't have that close of a walk with God. We would be rebuking the whole way, the whole way to Egypt. We'd have been cussing our brothers and sisters. We would have been saying those low down, terrible, no good, da, 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 da. I got to get my way out of here. I got to find a way out of this place. But Joseph knew that God was with him. Joseph's Joseph's heart was for God and God used that storm, that trial to bring deliverance for his whole family. There, listen, there would have been no deliverance had Joseph not been sold into slavery. They would have died. They would have perished when the whole world was perishing. And yet, we in our own lives can't even stop and fathom that there may be situations in our life that are hard, but God may be using them to bring about a good result in our life because God works all things together for our good. It's not just a slogan, it's not just a bumper sticker, it's scripture. All things work together for the good of those that love God. All things. You, you mean even that situation I'm going through right now, that one that I'm dreading? Yes, because you don't know what's behind it. You don't know where God's going to. You don't know the trajectory of your life as you go through that, as God gets you through that. You don't know the trajectory of your life where God's going to take you, how he's going to position you, and what he's going to do. You don't know what it is, but you know the end result is that God's going to work it together for your good. And that's where Joseph got to where he was saying, you know what? I'm just going to hold on to the Lord's hand through this old thing. I'm going to honor God. How do we know that Joseph honored God through it all? Because when he had the opportunity to sin with Potiphar's wife, he said, I will not sin against God. He held on to his faith even when he was at the quote unquote bottom of the barrel. He was holding on to the Lord. And I want to encourage you right now that you may be feeling like you're at the bottom. Do you think that Joseph, when he hit Potiphar's house, he was sold into slavery. Do you think he felt like he hit the bottom, but it wasn't the bottom yet? Just because you feel like you're at the bottom right now. Don't mean you're at the bottom yet. You have to have that intimacy with God and hold on to God because you don't know where the bottom is but God does, and you know no matter how far you come down, though a righteous man falls seven times, yet he will get up again. If you have God in you and you have a walk with God, no matter how far you fall, God will bring you back. God will honor his word and perform the things that he said. Your job is to trust God, to wait on God, to listen to God and to believe that he's gonna cause these things to come to pass. Without discernment, we, we don't know what, our left hand don't know what the right hand's doing. How many of you ever heard that term before? The left hand don't know what the right hand's doing. That's talking about somebody that don't know what they're doing. And a lot of times, in a lot of ways, church folks don't know what they're doing. They don't know the right hand from their left hand is another way of saying they got no discernment. Discernment cannot be looked at from the outside, from the physical, because just as I told you with Joseph, when he got sold into slavery, if you look at that situation from the natural, you would say, well, man, Joseph must have sinned bad. He got sold into slavery. Man, his life is horrible. Look what he's done. He, you know, I I told him he should have read my book. I told him he should have gone to that class, he should have prayed more, he should have done this more. See, you start acting like Job's friends when you don't have any discernment. You 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 see Joseph sold into slavery, you might be like Job's friends. You might come along and be like, "I told you. I told you. I told you you should have done this. I told you." Not realizing this man's walking in integrity and God's using this situation to bring about the salvation not only of an entire family, but of a nation. So discernment's a powerful thing. Spurgeon said discernment is the ability to know not just the difference between right and wrong, but the difference between right and almost right. You know, there's a lot of, you, you, you can be like, you know, that Cinderella show. You can try to fit your foot in that slipper, but if it don't fit, it don't fit. You can try to cram anything into any situation and put a stamp on it, and call it good. But discernment is understanding. If you keep that shoe on and you know it don't fit, but even though you can get your foot in it, it's going to cause you to walk, you know, in an unhealthy way. Eventually, the result's going to come to the surface. When you try to force things in, when you try to force things in and you try to make things work and you try, you just cram it in and I, you know what? I waited too long. I'm not letting go. This is what I want and I'm pressing it. Hold on now. Don't be like those, the, the, the sisters that were shoving their foot in that glass slipper and you know it didn't fit. So quit pretending. Let the Lord let the Lord bring the right situation into your life. Let the Lord bring the right circumstances into your life. Everything that God does is good. It's not easy, but it's good. Everything that God does is good. It's not easy though. Again, ask Joseph. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy walking away from his family being sold into slavery. Well, not easy, but it was good. It was the best thing that could have ever happened to his family. It was the best thing that could have ever happened to his family. Are you willing to take those steps of faith? Are you willing to take those steps of faith? I you know what? If you don't have an intimate walk with God, you won't. You, you will believe God has deserted you. If you don't have discernment, you will believe God has walked away from you, forgotten about you. When is it gonna be my turn? When is God gonna come through for me? When God's doing something in your life, but you don't have the discernment to understand it, you're not going to trust in that situation. So we see here that the the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees they were able to interpret this, the sky. And you know what? That's all well and good. It's all well and good to be able to interpret the sky. But how much better would it be to interpret what the Lord's doing? Right? How much better would that be? Now, let's talk a little bit about uh, discernment for a little bit farther. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's talk about discernment over here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This discernment is one of the most important needs in the church today, but it only comes through intimacy with God. The, the actual definition or meaning of, of discernment is to be able to separate or distinguish. So when the enemy brings things into our life, if we don't have the ability to distinguish what's from God and what's not, we're going to allow things into our life that God doesn't want to be be there. One of the most important examples of this, if you look uh, later on in um, Joshua chapter nine, this is an encounter between Joshua and the Gibeonites. They were a people that were They were supposed to be wiped out by Israel. But when they saw Israel marching through Canaan land, they said, you know what? Let's go act like we've come a long distance. Let's go put dirt on our face, empty out our bottles, act like we've been walking for days and days and days, and let's go up to them and tell them we come from a faraway place and we need help. And they did that. And Joshua signed a treaty, an agreement, a pact with them. He said, you're safe with us. And those were the very people God told them to wipe out. You see, without discernment, even though something comes to you and it looks like it's a good package, if you don't have the ability to distinguish what's from God and what's not from God, you will embrace the very thing the devil wants to destroy you with. And the Gibeonites were a thorn in Israel's side all their days. All their days. In fact, in one time in, in, in Israel's life, Saul, uh, King Saul, they began to persecute the Gibeonites. And God almost destroyed them because of it. Because he honored not the word that Joshua had with them. You see, sometimes we can allow things into our life like Joshua did the Gibeonites. And they will plague us for the rest of our days. This is why it's so important to have discernment. This is why it's so important to hear the voice of the Lord. This is why it's so important to walk with God. If we don't, we will not be able to distinguish a Gibeonite from a true refugee, just like Joshua did. Oh, on the outside, they looked like they needed help, but they were deceiving the whole time. On the outside, You know, if you don't have that walk with God, if you don't have that intimacy with God, you will receive and embrace the devil's plan. And what's sad is a lot of times, and look, this isn't by education. This is by revelation. This don't come by You can't educate somebody into discernment. It's not an educated thing. It's a gift of the spirit. It's a spiritual thing. It comes by revelation, not education. So you, the only way you're going to get discernment is not by asking everybody's opinion and doing this. And well, let me see how dirty your face is. And la, da, da, I don't know. That's not how you get discernment. You get discernment by that intimacy with God. It comes by revelation. Okay, so if you, you, you right now, you're saying, well, man, I need that because I don't know, you know, when this is coming in my life, I, I want to know that, but the only way you know is to be intimate with the Lord. Amen. Intimacy with God is, is where discernment is birthed. And I, I, I will, you know, give you a warning. Tozer said one time, it's kind of like with, how many of y'all ever pray for patience Yeah, we don't, we always heard grandma say, don't pray for patience, right? Because, you know, but you know, Tozer said, don't don't pray for the gift of discernment and expect to be happy. Because when the Lord gives you that discerning, the ability to discern, you're gonna be burdened. You're gonna see things that other people don't see and you're not gonna understand why they don't see it. Okay? So, it's knowing the difference between good and God, or right and almost right. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, let's start with verse number 12. It says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now, see, there, the Apostle Paul's making a difference here between man's wisdom and God's wisdom. If you don't understand that there's a difference between man's wisdom and God's wisdom, you're gonna fight against God. You're gonna be saying, no, this makes sense. This is the way it's supposed to go. This is what makes sense. It's time, it's the place, it's the season. You're going to look at it from man's perspective and you'll begin to fight against God. You have to be able to see there's a difference between the way of man, man's wisdom and God's wisdom. You might say, well, you know what? I've put in this, I've done that, and now it's time for me to get this. And God might say, that's what you think. That's what you think. So you have to be able to understand that there is a difference. Now watch this. Verse 14, but the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. You see, this is the eyes glazing over part. You, 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 you know what, you start talking about Jesus and watch people get bored. Start talking about people living righteously. You talk, start talking about how God's called you to a holy life. You start talking about the things of the spirit. The natural man will believe that it's foolishness, that it's dumb, that it's ignorant, who cares. Tell me, tell me how I can get a lottery ticket and win some money. You start talking about Jesus and eyes will glaze over. But when you talk about Jesus and people are born again by the Spirit of God, that spirit man in them will rise up. The spiritual man will be all ears. The natural man will be glossed over. And that's one of the things that the Lord's telling us right here. The, the natural man, he doesn't receive the things of the Spirit. You start talking about the cowboys or the saints or the astros or the blue jays or the Redbirds or whatever. You start talking about sports or fishing or hunting or TV shows or carpet or grass or anything. You start talking about Republicans or Democrats or viruses. You start talking about any of this kind of stuff. The natural man perks up. But if you just simply start talking about Jesus, the spiritual man perks up and the natural man glazes over. It's like an old glazed donut. Just got that glossy thing right there. You, the more you talk about Jesus, the glazier it gets. Until we get into that spiritual combo. We don't want to hear anymore. We get glazed over. How many of you know God, God wants to bring you to a place of spiritual revival, personal revival. And if, you're, if, if the Lord is ministering to you right now, I want you to know God wants to take you to a place where things are spiritually alive and being revelatory in your life, where you're walking by faith, not by sight. Let's continue in this. It says that the natural man receives not the spirit of God, not the things of the spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. What's foolishness to you? Can I ask you that? What's foolishness to you? Is it foolish to go to church on Sunday? Is it foolish to read your Bible? Is it foolish to pray? Is it foolish to do this? To do What's foolish to you? Because I'll tell you what's foolish to me, spend time watching some TV show at night when I could be spending time with the Lord, spending time with the Lord's people in the Lord's house. What's foolish to you? because it'll tell a lot about where we are with the Lord. What's foolish to us and what's foolish to God is sometimes different, that's sad. It says they're foolish to him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. He that is spiritual judges all things, yet himself did judge no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Now stop right there. So he's saying, do you see the difference, right? You got it. I talked about the glazed over. You see the difference, right? Between the spirit and the natural man. You see that, right? Sometimes we wonder why we get bored. It's because we're walking in the flesh. But understand, he's talking about lost and saved. He's talking about lost and saved. This is why the next verse makes, it, it just takes it off the cliff. He's talking about lost and saved being like, you know, when I talk about the Lord, the lost get bored. Why? Because the natural man can't receive the things of the Spirit. And when 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 we when when we experience that, there's a problem. Look at this next verse, it'll show you. Chapter 3, verse 1. He said, I, brethren could not speak unto you as spiritual. Now, hold up. We just saw the contrast between the spiritual and the natural. The natural is the one that's not born again. Spiritual is the one that's born again. We get it. But then the apostle Paul does what he does. He throws a nuclear bomb on it. He says, now, you understand the difference between the saved and the lost, the lost person, they don't understand the things of God. They don't know anything about God. They can't discern their right from their left. They don't know anything. But the ones that, that are walking in the Spirit, they understand. They receive things from the Spirit. And he said, But you? And he turns to the Corinthian church. He says, But you? You're a different enchilada. You a whole nother story. Well, you, you, you something else. You a third category you a third category, Corinthian church. What category are they? He said, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear bear it, neither yet now are you able. He's saying, I couldn't, even though you're part of the church, I couldn't give you the spiritual things. If it's not spiritual, what is it? Carnal. Natural. He's saying, because of where you are, because of where you are, you've allowed yourself to get into a place where I can't even talk to you about the Lord. I got to talk to you about football. I got to talk to you about who's going to win the election and then try to move it into a spiritual place. But I can't talk to you about the rapture. I can't talk to you about the millennial kingdom. I can't talk to you about who we are in Christ. I can't talk to you about all these things because of where you are. You see, and so sometimes in our lives, it could be that we're not hearing from God and we're not able to discern what the Lord's doing in our lives because we're not where we need to be. It's, let, let me put it to you this way: There's not a problem on God's end. You must say, man, the, you know, I, I don't see the Lord. I don't see any prophets of the Lord today. It just must mean the Lord ain't working no more. No, the Lord's working. It just means He don't have anybody to work with. You want to know why you don't see all these, all these powerful gifts and revelations and the moves of the Spirit like you used to see? It's not because God retired. Oh, it's because we did. Amen. That's true. Oh, it's because instead of getting into the church of God and praying for God to move, we got in front of the TV and we started rooting for our favorite person to not get booted off an island. We put more emphasis on the things of the world and then we wonder why we don't see a move of God. How you gonna hold both of those? He said it's either natural or it's spiritual. And then he comes to the church and he said, but you, you know, you guys are a little bit different. How many of you know sometimes we, you know, the Lord's like, okay, it's either this or that, but you're that, uh, what they call that the uh, black sheep. Those what the Corinthian church was. They was the black sheep of the church. They just didn't fit in the category of natural versus spiritual. They was spiritual, but they wasn't firing on all cylinders. And that's where a lot of the church world is today. We've got intimate with the things of the world and then we wonder why we don't see a move of the spirit anymore. And the reason why this is important is because we're coming up into a season in the church that we must get an ear and a heart for the Lord. We're coming up into a season in the world right now where you must be able to discern the Lord's voice and what the Lord is doing because the way things appear on the surface may not be the way things truly are in the Spirit. You have to be able to be look past What you see with the natural eye. You have to be able to look past what you hear with a natural ear. And you have to look by the spirit. And the only way you get that is by the spirit of God in your life. Just because something makes sense naturally. Seeing people get into situations, right? Well, you know, I always prayed for this. And now it's come into my life. It's not exactly the way I wanted it to be, but here it is. Well, you know what? Just because naturally it's there doesn't mean it's from God. It could be a Gibeonite plan from the devil. And unless you have revelation, unless your walk with God is at a place where you're getting revelation from God, you will receive the Gibeonite plan into your life. That's where a lot of the church world is today. We are allowing these things. Why? Why is discernment so important? Yeah, well, let me let me put it to you like this. Y'all remember An- An- Ananias and Sapphira? Remember whenever they 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 brought all their gifts into the church world, right? They brought their. They went and sold a house. In case you don't know, they went and sold a house, and they brought it into the church because there was you know sometimes everybody gets crazy they were like all right let's see how much we can give let's we given this we given that and they said we're going to go sell our house and we're going to give all of it to the church but we're going to keep back part of it right this is the whole net versus gross thing is it the net or the gross And, and so they gave all of it no they kept back part of it how many of you know though the sad reality is nobody else knew it except for peter Nobody else knew it except for Peter was the one that had a revelation, a a walk with God where he was receiving revelation from God. Everybody else in the church was going, oh, good job. Everybody else in the church was saying, that's wonderful, what a blessing. Look at this beautiful gift. Wow, let's praise them. And yet Peter said, you've lied to the Holy Ghost. Attributing personhood to the Holy Ghost, by the way. He said, you've lied to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Everybody else, all, hey, let's, let's get those little plaques and put them on the side of the pew for that family. I mean, look what they did. And Peter said, no, uh-uh, you've lied to the Holy Ghost. So why is discernment so important? Because God can see motives. Men cannot. God can see motives men cannot. And so whenever people come into your life, whenever news comes into your life, whenever situations come into your life, God can see the motive behind a person that just happens to come into your life or a virus that just happens to come into the world or a stock market crash that just happens. God can see the motive behind those things and you can't. And the only way you'll be able to know is when you know God. And if you don't have an intimate walk with God, you'll never know the motive behind those things. You'll just be at the mercy of the Gibeonite plan to defeat you. So this is why it's so important. So important. Let me show you something In, in, in Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Discernment is a beautiful thing, but when we don't have it, it gets ugly quick. It gets ugly quick. You know, um, I love to read F.B. Meyer. He uh, came up under, after D.O. Moody, who's one of my favorites. At F.B. Meyer, he said one time that discernment Is to the spirit what the senses are to the body? You know, we have the five senses. In other words, if you're walking and all of a sudden you don't feel a step and you start falling, because you don't feel it, you know you're about to fall, so you start tensing up. See, those senses keep you from hurting yourself. You touch something hot, you take your hand off of it. You, you, yeah, yeah, come on. We got, we, you know, you've been around kids. You know, that's a hot stove. Don't touch. They're gonna touch, but you know what? They're not gonna touch for long. But because their 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 sense of touch tells them let it go. Can you hear that this morning? Their their sense of touch when they touch something hot. Their touch sense says, let it go. F.B. Meyer said, discernment is the same way to your spirit. Discernment will tell you when you get around a hot stove, spiritually, to let it go. Oh, but it's pretty on the outside. It's beautiful. It's what I want. It's what I've always dreamed of. But if you have discernment, it'll tell you the same way A hot stove will teach you to let something go. Discernment will tell you to walk away from something or to embrace something. Discernment, that's the only way you'll know. It's it's through that revelation of the spirit, discernment. Now, Matthew 24, beginning in verse number three. This is the, the, the Olivet Discourse, just this portion of scripture, talking about the end times, the disciples come to the Lord, and they want to know when is, when's going to be the end. It says, he sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? And Jesus said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. They're wanting to know, what can I see naturally? And he's telling them, you need to pay attention spiritually. And and, and once we get into this, you're going to see, there's going to be a lot of physical things that you'll see. But he's saying, don't pay attention to the physical things because there's a spiritual reality at work. You're looking for the physical but you need to be paying attention to the spiritual. Oh, where's the beautiful sign? He said, don't be deceived. See, not everything that says it's of God is of God. Not everybody that comes into your life and says they have a walk with God have a walk with God. There's, you know... There's certain uh ministries that we won 't partner with because they have so much compromise in there we're not joining hands with that, but if you only look at things from the outside, you won't see that Amen. Come on. but if you have a walk with god you 'll be able to discern where compromise is and where it's not you'll be able to you 'll be able to see the difference between somebody that knows a little bit. And somebody that knows God. Yes, amen. Amen. See, a, a, a devil is not going to come to you and tell you he's a devil. Amen. And a false ministry is not going to come to you and say, I'm a false ministry. Right. J.C. Ryan was real big on this. I encourage you to read. He has a warning for the church on this. But he said the, the the problem is that when a, a false spirit is in the church world, it's not that it always lies, it's that it tells enough truth to get you to let your guard down. A, a false ministry, a, a ministry from the devil will tell you enough truth to let you get your guard down and then will take you away from the The Lord Jesus who bought you. That's why it's so important to have this walk with God. Right? J.C. Ryle, real big. I encourage you to read that. He's got a powerful uh, uh, sermon on it. But understand, not every ministry is from God. They might read from the Bible. You know what? The the, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses read from the Bible. Just because somebody reads from the Bible don't mean they're from God because a Jehovah's Witness is going to take you away from Jesus. And if you don't know the difference between ministries that claim to know about God and know God, you're going to be led astray just like people in those places are led astray. You go to a a Mormon church, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they're going to read from the King James Bible. And they're not going to tell you about Planet Kolob until about your 10th year there. But once you get into it far enough, once they got their gripping, and this is why it's so important to have a revelationary walk with God, to have the Holy Spirit of God at work in your life so that you'll be able to know when someone has an ounce of error to stay away from the error. I've heard it described like this when you see a, a glass of water. You know, if somebody puts one drop of poison in it and fills up the rest of the glass with water, you still gonna drink it? Because that's actually the most dangerous. Because if it's all poison, you would know not to drink it. But it's when it's intermingled. That's when it becomes dangerous, and that's when if you don't have discernment, you will swallow what the devil's cooking. And so... Understand, they want to know what's the sign of the end times. Jesus said, don't be deceived. That's your sign. How about that one? <laughs> you want a sign? Pay attention to the spirit. There's your sign. So he said, uh, many shall come in my name saying, I'm Christ, and shall deceive many. What does it mean to say, I'm Christ? You think people are actually going to say, I'm Jesus. The word Christ means anointed. It's somebody that claims the anointing. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. It says, you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Have you heard of wars? Have you heard of rumors of wars? Iran, Israel, Russia, Afghanistan, You've heard of wars and rumors of wars. North Korea, China, million man army. It seems like the longer that the Lord tarries, the more the rumor mill starts about the wars, don't it? It's almost like he wrote it that way. Now watch verse seven. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. This just the beginning. You you going to faint out now? You going to faint now? This just the beginning we had, we just at the entryway into where things start popping. It's no wonder why the Lord says in the last days, men's hearts will fail them for fear. But the Bible says God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. He said that perfect love cast out all fear. You go into the enemy's camp, guess what? God's bigger. You, you think the enemy's too big for the situation? Remember David. He looked at Goliath and then he said, you defied the God of Israel. Now you coming down. David didn't care how big the giant was. He cared how big his God was. And when you see a situation in the world today with wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines, and Pestilences, that word pestilence means plagues or diseases like's going around right now, the coronavirus. It's just written in scripture. He said these things are going to happen and it's only the beginning. We're going to get weary now. We just started. This time, this is the time we're supposed to be revving the motor up. This is the time when a lot of folks are going, "Woo, that's too much for me. This corona is going to take me out. Well, you know what? If it does, where is it going to take you? It's going to take you to heaven. Come on, it just means you're going going home sooner. I was talking earlier in ministry. I said, we, we was talking about the mansion in glory. Amen. We was talking about that mansion in glory. I said, I wonder which one of us that mansion's done. You know, you know, one of us is listening to this right now. Our mansion's just about done. Amen. Which one is it? Who's, you know? Amen. Lord said, all right, we're just about done with that one. Just finish up a little bit. Get it all ready. All right, that one's ready. He said, if I go away, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Where I am, you can be also. Amen. Isn't that awesome? God's preparing a place for us, and then we're going to be out of here. our mansion in glory. But but between now and then, understand that when we see these things in the world, it it is a sign that it is the beginning of sorrows, and the Lord even likened it to a woman in labor. He said it's going to increase not only in magnitude, but in frequency. So I full expect that if we make it to summer and the coronavirus dies down, there are going to be two of them next year. He said it's the beginning of sorrows. It's not only going to increase in magnitude, but also in frequency. Then it's going to get to a point where every time you turn around, there's a new disease, a new plague going around. They said it's the... COVID-19, this is going to be the COVID-20 20 and 21, 22, 23. You ready for that? You ready for that? That's not fun. Nobody wants to get that. But you know what? Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. The enemy has no power over our lives. We are seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto Jesus Christ and we belong to the king. We can take authority over those situations in our life and command them to leave in Jesus' name. That's why we don't have to fear. What are we gonna fear? What are we gonna fear? It's the beginning of sorrows. What are we going to fear? The worst worst that can happen to us, we get to go home to glory. It's not going to take away where my eternal soul goes. It's just going to get me home quicker. You know what's amazing is is that so many people, they have a, a, a misconception about the reality of the situation. Not understanding the sign of the times. The sign of the times. You know, our discernment is so off in the church world that if if, if you call a day to go rake leaves, you'll have everybody come. But if you call a day to go pass out tracts and share the gospel, ain't nobody coming. You call a potluck dinner, church will be full. You call a prayer meeting, church will be empty. It's the same issue. We bellyache about the schools going going down. They don't allow prayer in school. Well, you don't allow prayer in your home, so hush. You're gonna get mad at the school, you're gonna get mad at the government because they don't act like Christians. When are we gonna start acting like Christians? When are we gonna take our family by the hand and kneel down around the couch and pray. You know, in order to do that, we're gonna to have to turn MTV off. We're gonna to have to turn off HBO, we're gonna to have to turn off the psycho channel. We we're gonna to have to get in tune with the Lord see, the problem is we want to throw our problems on other people. We want other people to seek God for us. Amen. We want other people to be Christians for us. And that's why we bellyache about the schools. The problem is the schools are only a result of a fallen church. The teachers in those schools came from broken homes the teachers from those schools walked away from Sunday school, from church, their parents, hey, well, you're 12. You don't have to go to church anymore. We'll go when we want to go. You can do what you want to do. We'll do what we want to do. Blah, 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 blah. Because we don't hold the line anymore. And then we wonder why society doesn't hold the same line we once held. Oh, why is this school so bad? It's because we turned them out that way. The chickens came home to roost. And we're going to be mad instead of doing what we know we should do. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. See, we can't go back in time and, and, and put what's happened back in the box. The nation's already messed up. We... Every day, we are more and more living in Sodom. Every day, we are getting closer and closer to that place where we are living in Sodom. So you can't go back in time. What you do is you get right with the Lord. You get right with the Lord. You let your light shine so bright that men and women see your good works and glorify the God in you. You do what you're supposed to do and God will do what he does. But we have to start by connecting into the Lord, walking in the anointing of the spirit and having the discernment that comes from that revelation from God. Without that revelation from God, we will not know our right hand from our left hand. Discernment is is knowing the truth of the matter. Knowing the truth of the matter. Let me show you one other thing about discernment in Jonah chapter four, the last verse of Jonah. Jonah chapter four. You know, Jonah never could understand why the Lord wanted to save the Ninevites. Never could understand it. He didn't like the Ninevites. And the Lord sent Jonah to preach and he didn't want to preach because he knew if I preach, they might repent and get right with the Lord. You know what? He didn't want them to get right with the Lord. And the Lord had to show him through a powerful way, an example of what he was doing. The Lord allowed this little gourd to grow. Then he killed it. Jonah got all mad. Jonah got all mad. Watch this. In, in, in verse number 11, Jonah 4, verse 11, the Lord, he, the Lord said, he said, and should not I spare Nineveh, the great city of, Wherein are more than six score thousand persons, listen to this, that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle. You know, the Lord, the Lord cared that these people were so ignorant. They could not discern their right hand from their left hand. And God sent His man of God. He sent his prophet into this fallen people. He sent them into there so that these people could know their right hand from their left hand. You know what? If if you are in a place right now where you don't know your right hand from your left hand spiritually, understand God wants you to know. God's not just playing a game with you He's Look, let me say it like this. If if God sent Jonah to Nineveh so they could get discernment, he sent the Holy Spirit to you so you could get discernment. You didn't know your right from your left unless the Lord sent the Spirit into your life. And the Ninevites didn't know their right from the left had God not sent Jonah to them. And the problem with the church world today is it would be like Nineveh not listening to Jonah. We in Pentecost... Pentecost did not arrive and leave. It arrived and stayed. And it is still here today. It's still the church age. It's still the day in the age of grace. The Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that got poured out on that first Pentecost, still the same Holy Spirit that's in the world today. The problem is, we might have tuned out Jonah we might have tuned out the Holy Spirit. We might have got more plugged into what's going on in Nineveh than what the Lord wants us to know about what's going on. And the only way we're going to know our right from our left is to be intimate with the Lord. You can't be intimate with the Lord if you're not praying. You can't be intimate with the Lord if you have known sin in your life that you're not willing to let go of. You can't be intimate with God if there's something that you value in life more than God. He has to be who you esteem and love more than everything else. And if you will choose to reach out to God today, he will reach out to you. The Lord said that if you will draw near to him, he would draw near also to you. You may not be able to go back into yesterday and fix it. You might have not had discernment last year and you got involved in something you didn't need to get involved in. Maybe you made a a decision with your finances or your family or whatever. You made a bad decision. But you know what? Today's a different day. You can begin to walk in the wisdom of the Lord today. You can begin to walk in the anointing of the Lord today and have discernment today. And always remember, always remember this. When the Lord gives you discernment, sometimes it looks differently to folks that aren't in the spirit. Or you'll know things that others don't know. When, when, when Jesus was at the Lord's Supper, right? At the Last Supper. Remember what happened? Judas was there. Everybody else is just hanging out with Judas. That's our buddy. But Jesus knew one of y'alls of the devil. He didn't command him to leave immediately. He let him stay there and eat and fellowship. Cuz he was actually he was fulfilling prophecy. He said, "Go ahead, dip in." And then go sell me. So the Lord Jesus had discernment of the situation nobody else did. They couldn't tell what Jesus was talking about. He said, "One of y'all got the de- one of y'all's a devil." And I love the heart of the disciples because they all said, is it me, Lord? They were willing to let the Lord search their heart because they would rather be right with God than right. They would rather be right with God than right. And that's why they said, Lord, is it me? Search me. Try me. I would rather be wrong now so that I can be right with you. I would rather to look foolish now so that I can look right in your eyes. But the Lord had that discernment and he knew one of them was a the devil and he allowed Judas to say there, nobody else knew it but Jesus. So sometimes you might get in a situation like that. But without that discerning that comes from the spirit of God, the ability to distinguish, the ability to separate, the ability to understand or know, you, you, you will receive the very thing that the devil brings into your life. You will receive the Gibeonite. One last thing that uh, J.C. Ryle said. He said, all that is gold, all is not gold that glitters. All is not good that tastes sweet. And all is not real pleasure that pleases for a time. Just because it glitters, just because it tastes sweet, and just because it pleases doesn't mean it's from God. Our church world today, though, oh, it sounds good. It's sweet, it glitters, and it's pleasing. Just because it's sweet it glitters and it's pleasing, don't mean it's from God. Well, how are we going to know what's from God and what's not? Your, your number one plumb line is the word of God. Then you have to have the Holy Ghost at work in your life, revealing what God has said. Revealing what God has said. Amen. Amen. Well, we, we, we are thankful that we live in this day, this age, this era, but I want you to know that this, in this day and age, people's hearts are going to begin to fail them because they don't have discernment. If you don't have discernment right now, panic will overtake you. Amen. Panic will overtake you or you'll begin to receive Gibeonites into your life. Without discernment, you will be a lost duck. So the greatest thing we could do today is to seek God, walk with God, and know God. And the only way we're going to know God is through trusting in what Jesus did at Calvary. And we're going to do that right now. Amen.